In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash. But I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, September 16th, baby. Week two coming your way. Seth Woolcock, Nate Polvote here to deliver the Friday good vibes. Today we have an absolutely loaded show for you. We got our Thursday night football recap. We also are going to do some start sits. And of course, some sure things, sleepers of the week. And Nate, we have some loaded guests on the dock, my friend. We do. We have got one of my favorite people. And this is why I love Twitter, because I would, in a normal world, I would have never gotten to meet this person. Michael Stoyanov. You know him from Billions recently. He was also on Blossom. Dark Knight. First person to die in the Dark Knight, which is, hey, we get to talk to this guy about football today. And then following him up, we have Pat Fitzmaurice from Fantasy Pros. Probably needs no introduction. One of my favorite people. Again, this is a great show today. Dude, absolutely. I am so stoked to be back again. Another Friday show. Belated Roberto Clemente day to you, Nate. That was yesterday. Pittsburgh folks, Pennsylvania folks, we celebrated it over here. I hope you did as well out there in Denver, my friend. One of the all-time greats gone far too soon, man. Far too absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And guys, before we get started and we talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football, I just wanted to remind you, if you are new to the show today, please give us a like, give us a subscribe. It's the easiest way to continue to help us grow here at IBT Media. As always, wanted to thank Kyle for being in the back end, our audio editor. And Nate, we are oh so close to 300 subscribers, my friend. So close. So close. We're going to get there today. I feel it. I just know we it. are going to get there soon. When we do, we will do a uh, little IBT giveaway as well. Good to see Smokey the Cat here. Smokey, we're going to get to your questions just here in a little bit. We have a whole start sit segment for you, so just hang around. Um, but first, Nate, let's go ahead and introduce our first guest. This is a man who he was on the hit series Blossom, a 1990, uh, really what I would call a trend-setting television show. And not only was he there, he was on everyone's favorite Beverly Hills 90210, crushed that. He's crushed The Dark Knight. He's crushed everything he's been on. And now he's going to crush some fantasy football for us today. Good friend of the show. Welcome in, Mike Stoyanov. What's oh up, my god <laughs> oh thank you i mean that's an amazing introduction and speaking of introductions best main titles and opening song in the 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 fantasy podcast uh, arena that. and i've been on thank three you. three different podcasts so i think i know what i'm talking about <laughs> you've been like, around I love, I love your main titles I, I listen to that at the gym when i'm working out like i just there love we that go song, there we so. go we appreciate awesome. that, man. That's our guy, sure. Nate Miller. Mike, how are you doing today, man? What's been up since last time we've seen you? Well, I'm in LA, as you can maybe see behind me. I'm doing a renovation on my place here. That's why there's like a primer. There's a primer mark right there. And, okay. There you uh, go. Yeah, just sort of like hanging out. 
anxious to get back to New York. I'm I'm repping Brooklyn. So, uh, you know, uh, this is just a a brief sojourn and I'm going to get this place re-rented and then get back to the wife and uh, in New York City. Hey, man, L.A. is not a too bad, you know, too bad of a place for a little getaway. I mean, it was almost too hot. Not almost. It literally was too hot for the last. It was like 100 degrees for like six straight days. Uh, a friend of mine actually was, went to Vegas for the weekend uh, at during that stretch. It was a great idea. You're going to melt. Ooh, like, no. But uh, no, it's I love this weather. I love like nice, hot, sunny days and cloudless skies. And like, yeah, this is the kind of like thing where it's hard to sort of like mount a serious argument that like L.A. sucks. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's a beautiful day in September. It's like 78 degrees. It's perfect. That is perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Go. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Mike, uh, what did you think? Just like that was the first Amazon Prime video experience last night. So we had a couple different options. You could have watched the main telecast. Uh, Dude Perfect had a telecast, I believe, as well. There's the All 22 telecast. So a lot of options. How was just the overall watching experience for you last night as a fan? For, uh, thir- for Thursday night? Uh, yes. I mean, it was, I guess I went old school. I went with the Amazon. And it had Al Michaels and and yep. what was it? Who is it? It's not Herb Street, is it? Who's Herb the new Street, guy? Yep. yep. Oh yeah, he's. I like him. I liked the combo. Uh, uh, the game was good. Uh, the Herbert issue in that fourth quarter was deeply concerning. And yes. like, I didn't really like. You know, I've watched the Manning on that's Monday night, right? A few times, and like, yep. it's interesting. And like, honest to God, it, that really, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to to that, to the guys jabbering Agreed. away, like, you know, uh, but I had a good time. It was a great game and it was, it was fun to watch. And I didn't get like murderized too bad by like rival players. And like, you know, it was just a fun, a fun night. I didn't have anyone. I debated like Pacheco versus Pierce. And then I was like, what am I doing? First of all, that's, if I'm already having that debate in week two, like yeah. that could be a little trouble here, frankly. <laughs> but like, it was like, why was I even considering Pacheco? I pulled him. So at least I avoided that, like, you know, I didn't Robinson myself this week, so <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a good night all around. Well, it's glad to hear it, man. It was a fantastic night as a viewer, as a fantasy football fan. You know, maybe not as high scoring as we thought. 27-24, Chiefs not. take this one. A very back and forth affair, though. Uh, the Chargers, they were down. They were down, but they were not out. Credit to Justin Herbert. The guy is absolutely gutsy. Gritty performance from him. He goes out. It's a third and one. He looks like he can't even run the ball a yard. Comes back on the fourth and one and puts an absolute laser down the field. Um, Ice in that guy's veins, man. You got to feel bad, too, for the Chargers because they almost had the onside kick. Um, You know, could have been there, but but we appreciate them. It was a really good performance overall, but Mike Williams looks like he was the one who stole the show, guys, at least as far as fantasy football is concerned. Goes eight for 113 and one. It was really cool to see him used in so many different ways in this one. I don't know if that's just a factor of Keenan Allen being out and them game playing him in a little more. But, Nate, what did you think of Mike Williams on the night? I don't know. He wasn't great week one. They just didn't use him. Okay. The guy had 129 targets last season. Like, he's not just going to fade off into the ether unless he's hurt. This week, especially with Keenan Allen out, you knew he was going to get volume. I'm not surprised. I thought he'd actually – I thought he'd be above eight catches. I thought he'd sit around 10 to 11. They didn't use him as much as I thought, but this is like, he was a safe play this week. And I think going forward, he's probably a wide receiver too. rest of the season. I mean, that, that's just, that's who he is on this team. I think he's starting to do uh, a lot of wide receiver stuff better. Like he's running routes better. He's not as unit 
unidimensional as right. he was, like the catch, I mean, he's great with contested balls, but usually when they're 10 feet in the air, that catch he made going around the guy for the touchdown oh. and like that one-hander, that was revelatory. That was like new Mike Williams. It was like, wow. Like, yeah, he looks good to me. I wish I had him, uh, you know, uh, I'd be playing him probably. Yeah, every yeah. Week, we we, we want to see more of that. I think that's the takeaway from this is we need to see him more utilized when Keenan Allen is back in the fold. But Justin Herbert, a brilliant night from him. Gutsy performance, as we talked about, 23 fantasy points for him once again. Delivers as your QB1, 33 for 48, 334 yards. Of course, the one costly pick six there down in the red zone. I blame that more on maybe just game management, not calling a timeout. But you, did you see Everett like tapping his helmet too? He wanted out of that game. Yeah. He was gassed two plays in a row. Yeah, but I mean, they're running a they run a fast offense, and like you can't be gassed, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, you know, like Denzel Washington and remember the Titans. That guy'd be running all day in practice. Like you can't be that. You you're a professional. You're this is the top level. Like you, we we need you not to be gassed in that situation. That's so, you know, and then like yeah. to me the cardinal sin. Like it happens. I get it. But zero chase to the guy. Like, he just stood there afterwards. Like, and I hate to be some, like, armchair guy, like, commenting on a world-class athlete, but at least run after that guy. Like, he, he you know. He, he sat there and really picked up his, uh, his mouthpiece, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was just a bad look there for him. Him more so than Herbert, but it was also not a great throw. And the I, low I mean, light of the night for that whole team. Yeah. I think I think that's fair for you to be critical of him. He is a professional athlete. He is playing with some of the best athletes in the world. So you do need to be, you know, get up and go. Nice performance for him overall as far as fantasy yeah. is concerned. Six for 71. I know a lot of people kind of use him as a spot start. Maybe a George Kittle this week. You weren't so sure about him. I did a couple places. Austin Eckler, pretty nice night for him as well. Nine for 55 through the air. 14 and 39 on the ground. I was sweating out his reception uh, prop total for a little little while there, and then he dropped that one, and I thought, oh, man, here we go again. I'm going to be one short here. But he got it done. They went to him a lot at the end of the game. Good to see. Um, Nate, any other takeaways for the Chargers here? Obviously, Josh Palmer, he went four for 30 and a touchdown as well. I know a lot of people were gassing him up on Twitter over the week. All of these offenses are going to be interesting. We're in week two, so we're learning more and more about what the usage is going to be. I don't know that we can expect Palmer – to get four catches regularly. He's going to be a guy who in a spot start, you hope he gets a touchdown. And I'm a little bit concerned about Eckler that he didn't, he just didn't get the volume until they were trying to get down the field quickly. If they're not in that type of situation, are we not going to see as much Eckler as we think? We did. We did see Sony Michelle get four carries. We did see uh, uh, Josh Kelly involved as well. So right. de definitely interesting. No Isaiah Spiller yet uh, so far in the in the early season. He hasn't done much. Um, Mike, any final takeaways on the Chargers here? Just in touching on what Nate said, uh, Palmer's definitely not a is a sit for me. Like going forward, like that was a golden opportunity, and he got bailed out by that that touchdown at the very end of the game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, beyond that, I think you guys, you you did a really nice job on the overview of that game. We'll just quickly brush on the Chiefs. It was kind of a, a disappointing overall matchup for them. Mahomes, 24 for 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but it was really Justin Watson and Jim McKinnon who, who kind of got it done for them. Kelsey held in check, 5 for 51, 
Disappointing night for him. Disappointing night for Juju Smith-Schuster as well. Um, three for 10. So he really let a lot of people down after a pretty nice week one. Nate, any concern or has your outlook at least changed on Juju and Kelsey a little bit? Or are you just kind of scrapping that up to a good Chargers defense? Well, I think part of it is a good Chargers defense. JC Jackson finally got on the field for them this week. But also, I'm kind of concerned about the wide receivers. I'm not concerned about Travis Kelsey, but I don't know that we're going to see one receiver take over this offense. A lot of MVS. A lot of MVS last night. I mean, a lot of MVS, but then we're going to see weeks where we see more Michael Hardman. We'll see other weeks where we see more Smith Schuster. I don't know that you can, maybe Smith Schuster is the guy that you can put out there that will get some consistent volume. But even him, I'm a little bit worried about rolling out some weeks. It's gonna it's gonna depend on the defensive matchup. He's not just a, he's not a smash start. None of these guys are a smash start outside of Kelsey, really, receiving wise. Yeah. What about Ceh, Mike? Is, is he a smash start moving forward, or is this an opportunity to sell high on him? He goes eight for seventy four on the ground, four for forty four in the air, fifteen point eight points for him last night off a of twenty two pointer in week one. He's building momentum. Is this your chance to capitalize on it, Mike? I mean, he's certainly looking a lot better than he ever has before, you know, to start this season. It's like, but I'm not sure you want to let go of that guy because it's just a case where it's like a guy has finally figured it out and like he's about to live up to the potential that he was a first rounder, right? Or was he second rounder? He was a high draft pick for a running back in this era. And uh, like they obviously had expected a lot from him. He's starting to live up to it. Uh, I think that like he's clearly a cut above everyone else. He's a, I don't know if, I mean, I think you're right. You could sell high right now, but I don't, the question is, do you want to, like, this could be, you could have gotten yourself a little steal here uh, in your, in your draft with this guy. And then I agree with you hundred percent, Nate. Like, I just don't, this receiving core is just going to be like an ensemble play. It's going to, it's not going to be, there's no, I mean, it's going to, if one emerges, uh, it's going to be like a late season situation where like Juju comes on or, you know, uh, uh, MVS like uh, emerges, yeah. but like for the next four to eight weeks, I don't know how you could possibly predict week yeah. in week to week who's going to be the guy beyond, like you said, Kelsey. Like, yeah. oh, I just oh, don't oh. think there is one. You see, what, right. what if CH ends up being the guy? Yeah, he's getting exactly. targeted in the passing game a fair amount. Like, he had two no. receiving touchdowns last week. Same thing could be happening in Green Bay, and I yeah. have a feeling we'll get to that later. Like, is a is a running back going to emerge as like the, yeah. the sort of like go to guy for for that QB? We'll see. Great points, guys. I think we're we're closing the book on Thursday night football. Let's go ahead and move into our Sunday slate here with our matchup management section. Yay. Who you got? Who you got? Matchup. It gonna be. All right, and as people continue to file in here over on the YouTube, if you guys do have any start-sit questions, any other fantasy-related questions, Mike, Nate, and myself would love to take them for you. Um, But let's go ahead and start with the quarterbacks here in Week 2. There were some real stinkers in Week 1, and maybe none bigger than Aaron Rodgers. But he returns home against the Chicago Bears, Nate, you and I have kind of exhausted our conversation on the Bears. They've lost a lot of defensive players. We don't really know how good this defense is because of the monsoon last weekend. Are you comfortable, my friend, starting Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears here in week two? Yeah, I think so. He can't be as bad as he was. I mean, Minnesota's a good team, too. Like, don't forget about that. Also, don't forget they got beat, what, 38 to 3 week one last year by the Saints. 
this probably doesn't mean much. Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in the preseason. Um, this is a good point Colin Coward made. He didn't develop any chemistry with these young guys on this offense. He was kind of around. He didn't come to OTAs. He didn't play in the preseason. This is the first time he got to really be in this offense this season without Devontae Adams. I think he's fine against Chicago. I think I'm really actually high on starting him against Chicago because rain or not, this defense is just they're, they're putrid. Yeah, Nate Nate said a lot of things I wanted to say, but uh, there's so much going on here, I feel like, with this one. And on top of it all, I'm from Chicago and a Bears fan, so I'm sure, like, I've got – I'm going to be skewed yeah. just, to, like, emotionally. Uh, he's definitely borderline for me in a 10-team or a 12-team uh, uh, 1QB league. Obviously, in a super flex or a 2QB, you're, if you have someone better than Aaron Rodgers for yeah. your QB2, how, how the hell did you do that? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't love it. Uh, I think that again, he just goes to town against Chicago, though, generally speaking. And I think no Adams is huge. And I think it, you know, they may be able to win other ways, you know, and that defense I think is going to, like you said, Chicago's defense is bad. Chicago's offense line is awful too. Like I think they may be able to keep that team down deeply down, like uh, on offense, Packers on defense, I mean, and like they may not need to score too much and they may need just to gobble up clock and they have a great running back duo. He's uh he's not a strong start for me, but if you don't have, yeah, he, I'd start Lance over him. I'd start Ryan over him. Okay. Uh, okay. But Those are good I, names. I don't, you know, just to say guys, not, uh, the, not the big six, obviously you're not going to bench one of those guys for Rogers, but other guys that are sort of like in the conversation, I would start over Rodgers, and I would start the two other guys we're going to talk about here over yeah. Rodgers this week, although one of them very trepidatiously. But he's a, he's a borderline start for me, just based on his history against Chicago and the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So we- just real quick, last season after getting – he scored a negative 8.18 fantasy points against New Orleans – the next week against Detroit, he put up 40 this, points. What the thing I was gonna say, but you you gobbled it up. It's the most <laughs> it's the, the get well week two. Like, is that yep. history is dying to repeat itself here? Like, because exactly this is what happened last year. And everyone was like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's finally like you couldn't even finish the sentence, and he lit it up. And you're like, yeah. Oh, I guess he's not done. <laughs> so yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. Alan Lazard might be back out there. I think that is a little bit of a boost to his fantasy stock, if that's the case. A lot of questions, though, there, I think, in Green Bay. What's going to happen with this Packers receiving core? Can someone make a play and step up? We shall see. We shall see with the Bears as well. Can Cole Komet make a play? Um, I, I've been getting attacked all week for writing off Cole Komet already. Um, <laughs> his mom's on her Instagram. She still won't accept our follow request. I don't know why. But uh, Miss Komet. This is my this is my next plea. This is Komet is mad at you. Uh oh. Yeah, she, she liked the post. She likes our post. Yeah, she likes our post. I mean, I oh, I, I did great. say to fade her son in fantasy, so I understand right. the post. Uh, but yeah, it, it happens. Um, moving forward here though, what about Derek Carr? Um, home versus the Titans. I highlighted Derek Carr. Um, in my start sit in Seth column yesterday. I think Carr. 
oh, I said I said home versus the Titans. Excuse me, that is not that is not correct at all. Um, he is who is he home against? Nay, I they're home against they're home against the Cardinals. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, home against the Cardinals. The Cardinals were lit up last weekend by Patrick Mahomes. I think Derek Carr has better weapons here. Um, it, going with Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. I think they'll expose a bad Cardinals defense once again here. Um, I think I have to send out Derek Carr as a top 12 QB play this week. Mike, are you on board with that? Uh, I mean, I honestly think if you don't have one of the big six, Derek Carr is a every week start. Like, I don't know how with that array of weapons and like, the the need most weeks they're gonna they're gonna have to score like a lot like right. and just his ability level and what he's shown uh and as a fantasy qb like in years past like yeah i would start him yeah if you don't have the you know uh, allen or herbert or mahomes or jackson or murray or hertz how do you not who do you have that's better than Carr? like a week in and week out he's a start for me for sure i love that nate, nate are you on board with Carr here as well yeah, everything Michael said, like just the weapons, and they don't really—they're running back room so muddy still. I mean, Josh Jacobs just isn't getting a ton of volume. We've got Brandon Bolden getting a carry here and there. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Derek Carr—I mean, just on volume, this guy should be scoring points. Okay, last one here, and this guy's a sit for me actually. Surprisingly, here in Week One, Matt Stafford is at home versus the Falcons. I just can't trust Matt Stafford, guys. I don't know if it's the offensive line that scares me, the no chemistry with Allen Robinson that scares me, and the Falcons through three quarters last week, they shut down Jameis Winston. A.J. Terrell looks like a guy out there. I'm a little concerned. They got home four times on Jameis Winston with a better offensive line than the Rams. I don't think I can start Matthew Stafford here in week two. Mike, what say you? Again, he's right. He's right on the bubble for me, but I, I guess I'm with you. I would lean. He's got to show me something, you know, after last week before I'm ready to sort of like start with confidence, like on Stafford. Also, I mean, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but that very last throw last week was an awful throw. This rainbow, it looked like it slipped out of his yep. hands. Yep. And then there was some talk about on as he's coming off, it's like the last shot before they do the wrap up. He, you see him say something like, I can't throw that ball. I can't hold the ball. And it lo- it just, I'm not 100% on his health, frankly. I'm not sure where he's at. So it, it's uh, probably you have better options is is my, I'm with you, Seth. It's it's a, a, a sit it, most likely. It's sad. It's sad. It's only week two, but we're already kind of questioning him. And I don't want to compare this at all, but when Big Ben started to have the elbow issue, Big Ben went down hard. So let's keep an eye on that. Let's see what we see here in week two. Yeah, but- I certainly hope he's not there yet. <laughs> that's that's That would be bad. That would be like a rapid yes. sort of decline. Uh, I just think he may not be 100% based on what we were hearing that last sort of month of, of training camp and like looking at the, some of the throws he made last last week. Nate, we sat here a week ago questioning uh, Matthew Stafford and, and everything we're talking about. Has your tune changed uh, looking back at the game at all in the last week? Look, Buffalo's got a, maybe the best defense in the league right now. Fair. They got at Matthew Stafford. Von Miller was just terrorizing him. If he wasn't sacking him, he was getting him under pressure. Their corners are phenomenal. It was his first game with Allen Robinson. And I would disagree. I still think that the okay. Rams line is better than the Falcons. And I think that he's probably a little embarrassed getting throttled on Thursday night football to open the season. And this Falcons defense just isn't that good. 
I mean, you can't compare New Orleans and LA. You just can't. And I think that Stafford's going to bounce back. I think this is a guy I'm, I'm starting him everywhere I have him this week. Hmm. It's not even a question. Okay. Nate's calling for an electric bounce back possibly from Stafford here in week two. Um, Mike and I do not agree with that. Before we keep going, guys, let's go ahead and answer a question here. Um, what's up, guys? PPR pick three. Brandon Ayuk, Hunter Renfro, David Montgomery, uh, Kareem Hunt, and Zeke. Okay, so a lot of good, a lot of good options here. Uh, well, a lot of mediocre options, I, sh- I should say. No one really stepping <laughs> off the board. Um, for me, the, there's only one that's a slam dunk, and it's Kareem Hunt this week. Mike, where would you lean here? I guess because it's PPR, I'd go with. I agree, Hunt, and then two of either Ayuk, Ayuk, Renfro, Monty. I guess Ayuk, Renfro, and Hunt. Is what I okay. do there, I guess. Okay. Same. Okay. Same. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to trust Zeke right now. Is what I'll tell Smokey the Cat. Um, just super tough to, to trust him it, with the Cowboys, no Dak. Um, so I I probably agree with you guys. I think I would probably still go Monty over Ayuk just because I don't trust Trey Lance's arm right now. But I'm also a closeted Monty stand, so nothing surprising here. Um, let's go ahead and uh, move forward to the running back discussion, guys. Um, Cordell Patterson, he is playing the Rams after a very brilliant week one performance on the ground from him that we don't normally see. I think you got to throw him back out there. The Rams, they average or let Devin Singletary average over five yards per carry. Uh, Cordell Patterson averaged over five yards per carry. We don't know the status of Damian Williams right now. He hadn't practiced all week up until Thursday, I believe. Tyler Algier was a healthy scratch. Nate, can you trust Cordell Patterson here in week two in your lineups? Well, if you're struggling with whether or not to start Corderell Patterson, you're probably starting Corderell Patterson if that's the position you're in. <clears throat> His upside's there. He was running back four last week. <clears throat> Phenomenal. This is the time to play Corderell Patterson because when we get to week 13, 14, 15, you know that he's going to start to fall off right. just like he did last season. So, yeah, I mean, play him now. And I'm pretty confident in this matchup he'll do well. Um, so yeah, uh, the, his principal competition for touches is gone. He had a very nice week. Uh, the next guy up, as you mentioned, Tyler Algier was healthy, but wearing street clothes last week. So obviously they love him. Like there's just no reason to think that they're not going to run like their, uh, most of their offense through Patterson. Like it's not an amazingly great matchup, but like you probably don't if you're talking about a flex or, you know, your first or second flex, you probably don't have a better option this week than, than Cord, Cordell. Is it Cordell or Cord, Corderell? Cordero. Cordero. Then Cordero Patterson. Like, I, I think he's probably a, a pretty strong start for if you've got him on your roster and you're at that point. Now I'm wondering, is it Cordero? You can't spell it. You can't say it, but you can start him this week. Cordell Patterson, guys. Let's move forward. Jeff Wilson Jr., home versus the Seattle Seahawks here. No Elijah Mitchell for the next couple months. It's going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. Nate, we highlighted Tyrion Davis-Price is possibly a nice free agent fine this week as well. Can you trust JWJ versus the Seattle Seahawks here? I'm a little skeptic for one. Um, last time we saw Jeff Wilson Jr. on the field, he wasn't super, super uh, efficient with that, but it is the Seattle Seahawks. It's a decent matchup, I feel like, um, and we know the weather might be a factor there in San Francisco. Mike, can you roll out Jeff Wilson Jr. here? I cannot. I just can't. I just don't see it. I, I feel like it's it's facts that San Francisco doesn't think of him as a bell cow or an every-down guy. This 
Kid Mason is going to get run. This undrafted yeah. agent who showed showed something in uh, preseason. You mentioned uh, TDP. Uh, Lance is going to run the ball. Debo is going to run the ball. I just there's no way he's your best bet like on your roster. Look again, people. <laughs> Look again. <laughs> there's got to be someone better. I just don't. I don't love it. And now he's gonna he's gonna go off because I'm the guy who starts Allen Robinson last week. So like. <laughs> Put yourself in a hole, everything man. with a grain of salt, but I don't. He's a sit for me for sure. Nate? Yeah, same, same. I, I don't like these running backs. I like the running backs on this team when it's Elijah Mitchell and when TDP starts getting heavier volume. I really like how he fits into this offense, but I don't like Jeff Wilson, and I don't think he's. I mean, Denver just didn't run the ball super well against Seattle. It appears their run defense might be better than we thought. If they're going to beat that run defense, it's not going to be with Jeff Wilson. It's going to be with Trey Lance. It's going to be with Debo Samuel. Yeah, I'm, I'm on in agreement with you guys. Again, if you are new to the show here and you want to drop us a question here, feel free to drop that in the question. Mike, Nate, and I, we will be sure to get to your start sits, trade questions, whatever you guys have for us here. Let's move forward to the Patriots running backs, though. They're going to Pittsburgh here. I'm kind of hands-off on the entire New England offense right now until further notice. I think Ramondre Steven might have a tick of upside now that Ty Montgomery is rolled out of this one. I... Outside of that, though, I, I don't know. I don't want to trust them. It's not a sexy play, Ramondre Stevenson, but maybe I could roll him out. Nate, I know you've always been a Ramondre Stevenson guy. Putting your bias aside, can you roll him out here down in Akashire Stadium? No, I can't this week. <laughs> the only running back I really like on this team right now is Damien Harris because I think he's going to see more of the volume. We'll talk again in week eight, but I, there's a lot I need to see in this offense because like, I really liked Devontae Parker too, but – it's not there right now. I think that I'm. what concerns me most about New England is the play calling. Because we don't have – if Matt Patricia is the guy calling plays, he's a defensive coordinator. He shouldn't be calling plays. Bill Belichick is a defensive guy. Why is he calling plays? Joe Judge is a special teams coach, yeah. So right. too many question marks here. Mike, obviously the back is an issue possibly with Mac Jones. It, it looks like he's going to go in this one though. Can you trust either Damian Harris or Ramondre? I can't – I agree – with everything you guys said, except I don't, I can't start Damian Harris like ever. I don't think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't play in any like standard scoring leagues. So like it, it, you got to catch some passes. Like, first of all, I also, I mean, I would love to start Ramondre, but uh, again, Nate's a hundred percent on that. Like it's, this is not the week. Like he needs to start showing it Montgomery going down. That's good for Stevenson. Um, but yeah. And touching on there, I don't trust that offense, the play calling. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't know if <laughs> yeah. they're good at it. It looks like they're not. So, uh, yeah, I, this is, this is a hands-off situation. Seth, you're hundred percent right. I wouldn't, wouldn't start either guy, but going forward, I disagree with Nate. I have more comp confidence and optimism for Stevenson I than I do yes, for too. Harris. I long-term. I absolutely do. Ramondre Stevenson is the man I have. I think he's my most rostered running back, actually. We have a question right, yeah. here from Axis Minks. I think is how you pronounce that. I, I get James Conner, Jalen Waddle. Okay, so we're going dynasty here. This is a dynasty question. I get James Conner, Jalen Waddle, a second, third, and a ninth. And he gets Jonathan Taylor, Dotson, a seventh, eighth. Okay, so 16 and six. Okay, so this is like a two-keeper two PPR. Okay. Okay. That. Okay. Yep. Yep. We're going keeper PPR here. So he's getting James Connor, Jalen Waddle, second, third, and ninth. 
I'm going to be honest. I don't ever feel good about giving up Jonathan Taylor. I, I get you're getting a lot of value for next season. If you're trying to punt this season away, Axis, then uh, I understand it. But I don't think I can give up the number one running back, even though you're getting you know a really good receiver and a really good running back back. Mike, and any thoughts on this one here? Uh, I, I don't do this. I mean, uh, to me, the stumbling point is sort of Connor versus Taylor. If like it's something like Mixon instead of Connor, then yeah. I, I really I think about this. I just think that 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 downgrade at, at running back is too too big. Um, I do like getting those higher draft picks, but it's just yeah, I agree, Seth. You can't you can't give up JT right now in a keeper league. Like that's that's not recommended. Would not recommend one star. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. That is a low Rotten Tomato <laughs> no. score is what Mike is telling you there, guys. Um, another one from Brian here. Afternoon, Ryan. Afternoon, everyone. I have a question. I have Curtis Samuel and Michael Thomas trying to figure out which one to put in my flex spot. Any advice? I'll go out and, and right now I will say I do love Curtis Samuel this week. He was peppered with targets. He's going up against Detroit, who while they did hold Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins in check, A.J. Brown went, uh, went all over them. Yards after the catch, they gave a ton to the Eagles last week, and I think that's where Curtis Samuel makes his doing here. Um, so I love Curtis Samuel, but Michael Thomas is a really solid option here in week two. Mike, where do you lean? Uh, for me, it's Thomas for sure. Like he, like the the Hall of Fame best receiver in the league, seemed yeah. to maybe have emerged again, like in the second half last week. And it's like, okay, that's. I mean, it was Samuel had a nice game. But there's there, Dotson also had a nice game. Terry McLaurin is the undisputed wide receiver one. Like there's just a lot more co- target competition. And like in, until Michael Thomas stops doing what he did like last week in week one, I think you you got to start him. Like that's that's my call on that. Mike's right. You have to. And guys, remember Carson Wentz threw four four touchdown passes last week. He looked decent. That's not going to happen every week. We know what Wentz is. He's an up-and-down option at quarterback. He's someone you can't necessarily trust all the time. It was great that Curtis Samuel went off last week. I don't trust him to do it again, even against Detroit. Michael Thomas, however, is Michael Thomas. And if he's hot and he's got a gunslinger with Winston, I mean, I think this guy's a points hog all season if he stays on the field. As a guy who owns a lot of Olav, I'm a little annoyed. Frank. Yeah, I know me too. And some Landry <laughs> peppered in there as well. But I'm glad to see him back. Like just cause I love yeah. watching great football players do their job. So absolutely still, save some absolutely. for a love. Can't you? <laughs> just a little, <laughs> just, you know, just, <laughs> just, just, just a little <laughs> la, la, last one here for you guys. Um, before we, uh, let, let Mike go and continue his renovations today. Um, Amari Cooper home versus the jets. Do we have, any confidence in Amari Cooper. It was a bad week one performance from him. The best highlight he made was trying to make a defensive play on a ball. So I'm a little skeptic to start Amari. I don't think I can, uh, but it is a pretty nice matchup against the Jets. Uh, Nate, where do you lean here? Well, no, I don't like it. Um, Carolina's not that great. They were without JC Horn for most of the game, I believe. I just don't, I don't think... As long as Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback there, I don't think that we're going to see much out of Amari Cooper. So maybe week 12 you start playing him, but he's, it's going to be real hard to start even against the Jets for me. Mike? Yeah, no. He's a no for me as well. A lot of the same reasons. 
Uh, I think that, again, the Jets, it's at, at first sort of like, oh, that's an attractive matchup. But then you're like, well, they're very likely to be able to get it done with their bread and butter. And their bread and butter is Hunt and Chubb. Yes, I have sir. zero you know. confidence in Brissett's ability to throw it to the outside. The only positive, and this is kind of a, a backhanded negative, actually, is that Cooper is a, a complainer. And when he doesn't get what he feels is like his share True. of targets, yes. he complains. And then if you don't placate him, he starts playing at less than 100%. So he may get fed some more, a few more shots than than he really should. Or uh, But I still, he's still a sit for me. And I'm sorry, I apologize for, because I know the Cooper... The Cooper <laughs> people are going to be like, you suck, dude. He is so hey, I understand. I apologize it. for saying those mean things about Amari Cooper. I just, he's a sit for me. All okay. Year. Yep. Okay. Well, no. we appreciate all the questions, Mike. We appreciate your time today, man. Oh, um, thank you for having me again. I love it here. Bring me awesome. back. Yeah, we, we will, will actually <laughs> plug you back in. Mike, any, uh, any breaking news, anything that we should be uh, on the lookout for you in the next couple months? I mean, I've had a couple interesting, uh, I got a few irons in the fire, but nothing, you know, so yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an actor's way of saying no, not yet, but at least I, I'm, I'm, there's a few things that might happen. We'll see. I'll talk to you guys in a month or so, maybe, and maybe I'll have some good news. I hope everyone send nice. me, send yep. me good a, luck, man. good, good, good luck. energy. I don't think Thanks, I don't guys. think you need it, Mike. You absolutely crush oh, it in nice. everything you're in, dude. I really do that, um, so go ahead and send it. Don't listen to it. I need, I need <laughs> give me the luck. Give me the. Give me the mojo. We appreciate it, man. Uh, where where can we find you and best support you moving forward here, my friend? I mean, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram and uh, all those places. I don't really post a lot of pictures, but uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. I wouldn't mind seeing and talking to all you guys and disagreeing about things. And then I had a, a run-in with the Saquon people. Look, Saquon people, I'm not saying <laughs> it's not great. I'm just saying that like, I was not ever in a position really to truly get him. I was in a league where I was first overall and then i was in two auction leagues and he went for like the price was bananas so like but i never said like oh he's not gonna be good right or like the potential for him to be good isn't there it's just that it was a high you know to get him you uh, at where he was at cost like this is my final at cost i could see people being like well there are other factors and i want to go it's the 15th pick it's my second pick overall you know, for most people, I'm going to go with this, the, you know, but so far I'm wrong. And I love Saquon Barkley watching him play. So it's a, uh, it's not a, it's not a, a big L for me, but it's a, uh, you know, sorry, sorry. I upset the Saquon. Hey, hey man. <laughs> if I've learned two things about Twitter, it's one, don't say anything bad about an Eagles fan. That fan base will destroy you. Yeah. The same goes for the giants. They're brutal. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I feel that. Well, Mike, we appreciate you, our friend. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend here. We appreciate you, you joining guys. us. Good luck with we'll you, too. Let's soon. get done. Thank you so much. Mike Stoyanov, everyone. We appreciate him. Awesome to see that. Nate, let's go ahead. We got a packed rest of the show for you. Let's go ahead and jump into some sure things, sleepers of the week, and we'll bring back a very special guest on the other side. Let's go. It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the Week. All right, Nate. Sure thing, Sleepers of the Week. I will say, last week our sleepers, not so great. AJ, AJ Green, Randall Cobb, they fell flat, but the process was there. It just happened that Greg Dorch and some, some other nobodies uh, stole the show. 
But let's go ahead and jump into some sure thing sleepers of the week. And to do this, we're going to bring on a very special friend of the show, a man who's helped me mightily in my career. I know he's helped you as well, Nate, helped so many people, um, just not even just in their careers, but with fantasy advice over the years. The legend himself, he's the managing editor of Fantasy Pros, Betting Pros, and the host of the Oh So Great Fits on Fantasy podcast, my friends. He's a Wisconsin native and a great time in the making. Pat Fitzmorris. What's up, Pat? Gentlemen, Seth and Nate, so good to see you guys again. Uh, last, I saw your smiling faces. We were up to no good late night in Canton, Ohio, <laughs> causing trouble. Um, so it's great to see you guys under slightly more sober circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> that was a night, man. That was a night. That was a good time. Pat, how is the season starting off for you, my friend? Like you said, it has been a minute since we've seen each other. Yeah, uh, it was okay. It was about a, a 500 week one in fantasy, but it was a really good betting week. I will say that. I somehow managed, I think I'm in like four survivor pools and didn't okay. lose a team yet. There so go. uh, that was good. And, uh, you know, like I gave out seven various picks, sides, totals, and player props on our Sunday morning betting pros live stream and went 7-0 and last week. So um, flying wow, start, okay. flying start on the betting side, fantasy uh, to be determined. There you go. Yeah, I saw you were on the Giants as well. I, I had a couple. Uh, I had the money line on the Giants a little bit, and, and I think you rode that as well. Yeah, that worked out. Uh, I know you guys were just talking about Saquon Barkley. So, um, yeah, I mean, great to see him looking like his old self. In my last draft of the year, I got him in, uh, you know, I drew the 16th pick in a 16-team league, and uh, Saquon was still sitting around at 16. So I Very started nice. Sa- Saquon Diggs. Um and, and still managed to lose in week one somehow. Bad week to go against Justin Jefferson. How about it? How about that's it? Gonna be, I think that's going to be every week this season. Yeah. Yeah, probably. If you don't have him, you wish you did. Pat, um, what did you think of the Thursday night football game? First time prime video experience for you. It was interesting. You know, like I had some uh, – I have a lot of takeaways. Like maybe – Clyde Edwards Hilaire actually doesn't suck. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he did. Like we sometimes discount the possibility guys can get better during the course of their careers. Um, I think we thought all these AFC West games were going to be like these huge shootouts, but, uh, and I know this disappointed some people that we didn't get that kind of a game last night, but these are two good defenses. The Chargers are freaking stacked on defense. I mean, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa coming off the edges. I mean, uh, the safeties they have. Derwin James, if that dude can stay healthy, what a difference maker he is. Yes, sir. Uh, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel, they can really cover. They got some great linebackers. Like, that D is stacked, man. And, uh, like, anyone who thinks it's going to be a shootout matchup, like, get your guys into lineups against the Chargers, you might want to think twice about that. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably likely be trailing if Justin Herbert can get himself upright this this next game. And Pat, what about what a dog this guy Justin Herbert is? Could barely even run on third and one, just threw it away, and then comes out and drops an absolute bullet. If you had the Chargers um, against the spread, you were a happy fan, and you'll probably never forget that moment. Yeah, I had the Chiefs against the spread, unfortunately. Uh-huh. So that was a tough one. And I was going against Herbert and Josh Palmer in the Scott Fish Bowl. So that was a, uh-huh. a tough final minute for me. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Herbert was tough. Just obviously, uh, like, could barely stand up with that, those ribs. Um, and then for him to just, you know, come out and march the team right down. Turned out to be, uh, well, almost a meaningless touchdown. They, they almost got the onside kick. But, like, yeah, that guy's a fighter. Yeah. Reminds me of Matthew Stafford. 
Young Matthew Stafford. Young Matthew Stafford. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's gritty, man. I I love to see it. Kind of reminds me of when I first got into football. Big Ben and those guys, I mean, they would just take shot after shot and continue to go through the game. Justin Herbert, I love watching the guy. I'm excited to see what happens next. But we do have a Sunday slate, fellas. And, uh, Pat, before we get to our Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week, um, we have a question, if that's all right for you. Sure. So it looks like Trey here. Hey, Trey, how you doing? Good to see you today. Um, A couple of questions for you, gents. Full PPR pick two. Judy, Michael Thomas, A-Rob, or Tyler Boyd? This one's a slam dunk for me. What do you say, Pat? Yeah, Judy and Michael Thomas. Um, Judy with the good matchup against Seattle. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, wait. Uh, Judy is against the, the Texans. Mm-hmm. Still a pretty good matchup. And, um, yeah, like, hard to tell what the packing order is going to be with the wide receivers there. I was kind of more of a Judy guy than a Sutton guy. I know that was a minority opinion for much of the offseason. Um, but, you know, we saw him hit the big play in week one. Yep. And I was just kind of surprised, like, neither of those guys was targeted as much as uh, in a game where Denver was throwing as much as they did. I thought those guys would see more targets. And I do think we'll see them uh, targeted a little more or at a, a higher percentage this week. So, um, Michael Thomas, yeah, he, he played kind of limited snaps in week one, but he still scored two touchdowns. They'll probably boost the snap count a little. And if he works out of the slot against the Buccaneers, um, you know, I, I didn't see the percentages for week one, like the slot percentages for him and Landry. But, like, you want to be the slot guy against the Buccaneers because they have two pretty good outside corners. Um, and they're really sketchy inside, like uh, – Bunting Murphy is a guy you want to attack, and he didn't even play that much. They were playing safety Antoine Winfield Jr. in the slot last week. I mean, he's a safety. Like, that's kind of a mismatch if he's going up against either or Thomas or Landry. So, um, yeah, I'm pushing Thomas into that. Really hesitant on A-Rob. And, again, he's going to be on the outside. It's kind of the same thing with the Falcons. They've got two good outside cornerbacks. Uh, I don't really want to jam him in there. And last I saw, I think T. Higgins is on track to play, so that kind of – negates the Tyler Boyd interest for me. Man, talk about T. Higgins coming back quickly off the concussion. You love to see that from a fantasy perspective. Hopefully he's okay up there in the noggin as well. Nate, are you in agreement with Pat on this first question from Trey here? I am. The only thing that concerns me slightly is he only took six snaps out of the slot last week, 31 wide. Hopefully they move him more into the slot. I mean, slant boy. we got to have him in the slot. Yeah, I think I think either way, Michael Thomas is better than A-Rob or Tyler Boyd, especially with T. Higgins coming back. I hope we get to see A-Rob more in the fold, but I don't think it's this week. Yep, agreed. And his second question here from Trey, uh, A-Rob, ETN, Michael Thomas, or Kareem Hunt? Um, he needs two. It's Michael Thomas, Kareem Hunt for me pretty easily. Yep. Pat, do you differ at all there? Nope, same here. Okay, all right. And guys, let's go ahead and fire out our sure thing sleepers of the week. Pat, I want to start with you. It's your first time on the segment. Can you beat Nate and I this week with your sure thing sleeper? Um, when we were talking about it a little beforehand, uh, it was a name I hadn't heard in a very long time. Yeah, I was trying to choose between two tight ends. And the runner up here is going to be Kylan Granson uh, from the Colts, who I kind of like. But the guy settled on was uh, Harrison Bryant, who he played like a 50% snap share in week one, had four targets, two catches, I believe. Um, he's going up against a Jets defense that gave up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends last year. And I'm starting to wonder, like, we know that the Browns are going to play a lot of 12 personnel. They're going to have two tight ends on the field quite a bit. Um, actually, I'm surprised that Bryant only played a 50% snap share in week one. And I just wonder, like, Bryant is a pure pass catcher and Njoku is actually a really good blocker. So I wonder if maybe Harrison Bryant, 
uh, is running more routes than Njoku on a weekly basis. And, um, you know, like we, we know the, the Browns don't have a lot of firepower at wide receiver. Um, we know Jacoby Brissett isn't very good, so I wonder if maybe he tries to uh, make, you know, easier throws in between the hashes. And we have seen in Jacoby Brissett's two nearly full seasons as a starter with the Colts, Jack Doyle had 80 receptions and 72 receptions in those two seasons. So, like, this is a guy who likes throwing to his tight ends. And if Najoku is blocking a lot, like, maybe that guy is is Harrison Bryant. I like it. I like, I like it a lot. lot. Every time, like, there's been a couple times the last couple years in, like, some Scott Fishbowl leagues or some other deeper lineups, I've had to throw out Harrison Bryant, and he does always have a little bit of touchdown upside. We haven't seen it in a long time, but if there is a Browns pass catcher that, you know, you can feel all right about, I I guess not all right because this is the short thing sleepers, but, you know, a, a guy you can throw in there if you need someone at tight end, Harrison Bryant might not be a bad option there for you. I like that, Pat. What then, about you guys? Yeah, Nate, what do you got for us here, brother? Um, can you redeem yourself off the old Randall Cobb call last week? Look, I still say it was a good call. It just didn't work out because week one was a weird week. I'm going with Devin Duvernay this week. Uh, I, I know he only got four looks, but he caught all four looks, and his PFF grade on deep balls, 20-plus, was, I think, 90-something last week. He can be that deep threat for Lamar Jackson. Rashad Bateman's still there, too, but we saw Duvernay catch those two deep balls. I think that trade continues. He might only get four targets, but if he can catch one of those for a touchdown or two of those for a touchdown, as a solid flex play this week, I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, I won't call it a solid flex play, my friend, but it is. You know, I think it it's a short... be a very. I think it could be a very solid flex play. I'll put it we that need way. to see more volume from Duvernay. So, like, if you did grab him off the waiver wire, you know, I, I think he he can stash him. You can see what happens this week. Um, but you know, I think the one thing to think about is his true catch rate was great. He was good in contested catches. Um, you know, lo- looked at times almost better than Rashad Bateman here in Week One. Uh, Pat, any any thoughts on Duvernay? Because I know this is really one where the industry is a little bit split just because of the Week One usage. Yeah, I mean, the usage was um, like not clearly pointing to him being like a, a great season long guy, but I do think he's a guy who's going to pop now and again because he this dude has like crazy speed. Like Devin Duvernay has track speed. He's one of the fastest guys in the in the NFL, without a doubt. And, um, you know, like we were kind of wondering who might be that other guy who sort of uh, comes out of the fog to be like the complimentary receiver to uh, Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews and, you know, Duvernay, James Prochet, um, Tylen Wallace. It likely looks like, even, yeah. Yeah, likely we who, you know, was getting a lot of August buzz but really didn't show up in week one. So maybe it's Duvernay. And, uh, you know, when, when in doubt, bet on the fast guy. Yeah, he's kind of yoked too, honestly. Like like I was kind of looking at it like just we were kind of diving in a little bit. I was like, man, he, he looks bigger out there than, you know, I, I initially thought he was. Nate, I like the call, man. The upside's there. We saw it in week one. Um, the Dolphins, I do think they have a good secondary. They do have a good defense. But if you're expecting a little bit of a competition here on offense, and we know with Lamar Jackson, he's going to be motivated to go out there. I like Devin DuVernay. Well, they're going to have to score points. Miami can score. So, Yep. The first real test for the Ravens. Um, we shall see how that goes. Um, for my short thing, Sleeper of the Week here for you guys, I'm going to pull out a name that I've kind of been tailing this guy for a couple years now. I've always been a fan, and that is Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think part of this is just the game and the sketchy situation with the Colts. They're going to Jacksonville. They haven't won there in, I think, what, eight years now? 2014 was last time. Um, 
And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go out there with a lot to prove. He had an okay week one performance, 24 for 42. Nothing too crazy. Um, but he did look Christian Kirk's way a lot. He did look Zay Jones' way a lot. And Zay Jones, I mean, 23.7 target percentage uh, form, target share form in week one. And he also had 100% true catch rate on those nine targets. So against a game where the Colts defense on paper, they look great, but they let Davis Mills have a pretty clean day in week one. So uh, if you need a wide receiver out there in, in week two, I think Zay Jones is one that he's not going to light the world on fire, but I don't think he's going to leave you with nothing. Expect about 10 PPR points, maybe a little more for him if you need him this week. That's a solid call. I don't hate it. I, I don't like Jacksonville much, but I mean, Zay Jones had, like you said, he had nine targets last week. He's clearly going to be involved in this offense. I mean, chase the volume. Still sub sub 10% owned too in ESPN, which I thought was surprising, Pat. Yeah, he is a guy I have been slow to come around on, but I'm starting to see the light a little thanks to uh, people like you, Seth, and, and Matt Friedman, who yeah. uh, I know has been in on Zay for a while. Like, he's a, a legit player, and I know he was kind of off the radar for a while. He was going through some mental health things a couple years ago, but, like, this this dude's pretty talented, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see him do that thing where he levitates when he gets off the ground after a tackle. Like, oh, we haven't yeah. seen that for a couple of years, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that the more involved he is. Absolutely. And, Pat, do you have uh, time for a quick question here from Mr. Scampers in the chat? Oh, for Mr. Scampers, of course. Awesome. Mr. Scampers asking, half PPR here, Pat, Daryl Henderson versus Atlanta or Gabe Davis versus Tennessee? I'm going with Davis. Like, I can't take that dude out of the starting lineup. Um, you know, I know he only had five targets in week one, but, you know, obviously he had that big uh, touchdown catch on, on sort of the misdirection play. But what you have to like is that he played pretty much every snap and was running routes on, like, basically every uh, drop back for Josh Allen. So um, the usage was pretty exciting despite the five targets. Right. Um, so, like, I like him. I like the matchup against Tennessee. Um, you know, I, it was promising to see Henderson use the way he was in week one if you're a Henderson investor. Like, not so promising if you're an Acres investor like I am yes, in sir. some cases. But, um, we, like, we don't know what that's going to look like going forward. I mean, yeah, Henderson's clearly, like, either the guy or at least 1A for right. now. But, um, you know, and, like, that offensive line didn't look very good in week one. So... Uh, even though he got the, the bulk of the snaps and, and touches in the backfield, like it didn't really lead to much for him in week one, and I'm worried that's going to be the case maybe pretty often for these Rams backs, at least in the early going. Completely agree with you, man. And, like, I've honestly taken this opportunity to sell Daryl Henderson this week. I, I sold him in a couple plays, a couple dynasty leagues. Just I, I can't trust the health really long term. I don't know what the backfield situation is going to be, and if Cam Akers does become the guy – we haven't really seen a 50-50 split in the Rams' backfield in quite some time. It's only about an 80%, uh, 20% backfield split when there is a guy. So, Nate, are you on board there with Pat and I? Yeah, I look, I was down on Gabe Davis, but I liked what I saw Thursday night. I think that that trend continues. He's going to be involved enough in this offense. And Daryl Henderson, like, this is just – this backfield is so muddy, like so many in the league. Daryl Henderson might get three carries this week. He might get – 20 we don't know <laughs> i i think he's still you know you're still probably looking somewhere between 10 and 15 but sure you're, but... you're right Nate. it is an unpredictable backfield sean mcveigh is someone we can't take his word much especially when it comes to the rbs yep. 
All right, guys. Well, that will about do it for us today. Pat, can you tell us, please, where uh, where our listeners, where our viewers can find you and best support you throughout the 2022 season? Yeah, absolutely. Nate, Seth, thank you so much for having me on. It's always great to talk to you guys. Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. They can find all my stuff at FantasyPros.com and, and check out the weekly Fitz on Fantasy podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Pat, we appreciate you, man. Keep crushing it over there at Fantasy Pros and on the podcast. We'll be sure to catch you soon. IBT fam, have a great week one. Connor and I will be back with some DFS and some betting advice here on Sunday morning, um, 1130 to 1230. So make sure you guys check us out then. Until then, guys, keep it in between and have a great week two. Let's go. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 